I think this is going to be a short episode. I mean, I could make it. I, we don't have to make it long. We don't want that, Justin. I think we should make it normal length. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I think a short episode wouldn't be bad for anybody. So One hour. <laughs> Justin talking about him lengthening his summaries <laughs> has to make the hair on the back of everyone. Well, I could neck. go for a couple hours. Yeah, I know you could. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't. That's what you said. <laughs> Hey guys, just to make sure everyone understands the plot of this movie, I'm going to read the actual dialogue from it from the people who scenes just so everyone can get it. The original script. (laughs) The original script. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another wonderful episode of Pop Med Podcast. I will be your host guiding us through the amazing topic of ECT. My name is Nick Otis. I'm out of a little suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And with me, as always, is the two best looking doctors in the country. I think GQ just came out with the sexiest doctors alive. And these two were, <laughs> Justin, you were 98 and Adam, you were 57, I think. In, well, tell in the, the audience country. Adam's wearing a tank right now. It's Dude, like, hey, shoot. Sun's out, gun's out. Or... Perfect jeans is wishing they could get Adam as a model. Because he's got a tanked up on perfect jeans. Listen, I didn't want to get into this right away. But I'm going to since we started. I bought another pair of perfect jeans. You did? Yeah. Now I was I was hoping that Justin would kind of get this edit out so we could actually share with them and they'd give us free pair of jeans, but that didn't happen. So I had to go and <laughs> you couldn't wait. They're so good that I couldn't wait. Yeah. Perfect jeans NYC for those if you don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> literally the best jeans you could buy if you're a man. I don't think they sell women's jeans. Oh, and they have jorts now, which I haven't I don't have a pair of jorts. But they jorts. have jorts now, so. Um, but we've already digressed. Adam, how you doing, brother? Family practitioner from Portland. I'm slowly melting in Oregon. It's gotten nice and West Coast heat up here. Thought I moved mm. away from this. What's that? 78, 80? 94. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. saucy. Got to get the air conditioning up. You don't have it on yet? Well, we don't have central air, so there's this one portable air conditioner that moves from room to room for the last like hour of the day. <laughs> what? <laughs> We live in a cabin that's like 1943. It's got mice in the walls. Whoa. And that's why Adam's in the tank. I know, right? (laughs) Growing up, I just always thought that doctors are millionaires and they do it to make all this money. And then we have this awesome family physician who just pretty much living off the land. I mean, good for you, brother. (laughs) Outhouse out back, you know, (laughs) getting indoor plumbing next month. (laughs) <laughs> he's invested all his money in, in bitcoin that's why cryptocurrency he's going he's going for the going broke. <laughs> also hey out of salt lake city justin pearson again the 98th best looking doctor in america justin how you doing buddy <laughs> going for number 89 yeah okay <laughs> how anxious were you when the jazz lost game one of the opening round here uh you know what i was nervous about a minus two yeah they didn't have donovan that game they only lost by three but yeah. Memphis has been tough, you know. I mean, they're they're a good team. Stressful watch. I've decided, you know, because I have this attitude that's kind of trollish in me, and like for some reason, I just really like to bust the chops of my friends. You know, it's probably because I'm an Eagles fan. It's been so long since we went all these years without winning a, a Super Bowl, <laughs> and we finally broke through. I'm officially rooting for the Jazz this year. That's beautiful. Yeah, my Boston Celtics got eliminated tonight, so I don't I don't root for them anymore. So I'm officially rooting for the Jazz. You're not a Sixers fan? We've talked about this. No. I forgot. Nope, nope, nope. And you're not a Bucks fan? 
Me and you went to some Bucks games, Nick. Were you just pretending? I used to be a Bucks fan. I'm a way bigger Duke fan than I am any professional basketball. And then my family got really close to Jabari Parker when he this is that's a whole right. other story but yeah, so now right. I'm I'm just a Jabari fan. I'm his biggest uh, fanboy and wherever he goes which seems to be a lot of teams here in the last couple of years <laughs> I just follow him around and He's on Washington, play. right? Oh no, dude, that was like 3 teams ago. Uh, he's he's oh. <laughs> he's with the Celtics. He's oh, with I the forgot. Celtics. When the kid gets minutes, man, he he always produces, but yeah. you know, whatever. I don't want to talk about that. So break the <laughs> Anyway, guys, so we're we're back. We're gonna talk definitely about Mare of Easttown. We're gonna get into that in the pop culture piece. We're gonna talk about what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks. But before we do, let's get into the topic here. It was a request. So for all of our fans out there and listeners, we love requests. So if you have any requests or any topics you'd like for us to talk about, please, please reach out to us on any of our social media channels. I know that we're we're really kicking butt on Instagram, have a lot of great things going on there. Twitter, Justin is a big fan of Twitter, and, and I'm our Facebook guy. So reach out to us on anywhere we're available on social media, and we'd love to hear your requests. But Yeah, shout out to Jonathan, a pharmacist, and my good friend. He's the one that requested this. Yeah, so awesome. So cool. So let's get into it a little bit. So I know, Adam, you rewatched some clips of... yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of uh, Requiem for a Dream, I believe it's called. Requiem for a Dream and Beautiful Mind, mm-hmm. which doing a little bit of research, they came out in back-to-back years, Requiem for a Dream 2000 and Beautiful Mind 2001, and they share an actress in Jennifer Connelly. What other movies have she been in? Labyrinth is where I remember her from. Okay, That's when I first developed a crush on her. Yep, I think she was in The Rocketeer. She was in a wild movie about the Arizona firefighters two years ago or something that just wrecked me. It was oh. it bowled me over. The movie's called Only the Brave, and it's got Josh Brolin and Miles Teller. It is a wild movie. We should do Burns one time, and that would mm-hmm. be a good one. But and we can do uh, Dark Knight with Two Face. Anyways, <laughs> so Requiem for Dream is a difficult to watch movie. Very well done. Very beautifully shot, and it's a drug addiction movie, mostly heroin, although. There's a mother of one of the characters that basically gets addicted to speed. And she's the subject of the therapy in question. So we're talking about electroconvulsive therapy today. Yeah. So should we get into that a little bit like a broadly just to say what it means and what it is before we get into the movie? Because I have to be honest here, the non-doctor, well, I play a doctor on this podcast, but I didn't know what this was when we first decided we were going to talk about it. Yeah. So electroconvulsive therapy has a surprisingly long history. It's a, it's amazing how far back it goes. And so originally it was one of these things where doctors, although I don't know if you could have called them doctors at the time, people who studied like health science <laughs> noticed that patients who would have seizures would at least temporarily seem to be in better spirits if they had been like depressed before or something like that. And so early on, I want to say it's in the 1800s, maybe even the late 1700s, they started using a medication that could induce seizures and use it as a treatment for these depressed patients. Now, you can imagine if you're using a medication to induce a seizure, it might be hard to dose it correctly. You might not be able to induce a seizure or you might induce a seizure that's too long. Very much, you know, on theme with our marijuana episode. Sometimes you eat the pot brownie and it does nothing. And so you eat uh, half of the pot brownie and then you're toast. (laughs) So when it was discovered that you could put an electrical current through the brain to induce a seizure, it was much more controlled because you could start and stop that electrical current when you wanted to. And you could change the power of that electrical current as it passed through the brain. And so that's where electroconvulsive therapy comes in. 
And if you look at the history of electropulsive therapy in, or ECT is what we're going to call it for the rest of this episode, mm -hmm. through media, it starts out in movies very early on. Justin sent us an article based on films that portray ECT. And it mentioned in those articles in the first two films, it's portrayed in a very realistic way where it's used to help these people recover from typically a very severe depression or even catatonia, which is like where someone almost looks like they're in a coma or non-responsive. Particularly in that time, we did not have very many medications for depression. We had some really old school medications later on, and we've developed more since that time. But if you were resistant to treatment, you would use this in electroconvulsive therapy. The problem is, is that after those first couple movies, Ever since then, and I will say I have a large blank spot in this for television because I, I've been led to understand that there are some television shows that portray it a little bit better. But in most movies, you're Homeland, see, right? Yeah, Homeland. <laughs> Look at you knowing your pop culture. You're going to see it portrayed in a very violent manner and usually in a manner that seems dubious at best. Justin will talk about yeah, his movie, which is probably the most popular form people are familiar with. But in Requiem for a Dream, the mother who gets addicted to kind of speed kind of results in a catatonic state. And there's there's something to be said for what methamphetamines or meth does to your, that's what speed is, does to your brain. We talked about it a little bit. It can actually kind of mess up how your neuroreceptors and stuff work and, and kind of exhaust some of the things that help you have a, a good and positive mood. So in A Requiem for a Dream, this doctor comes in. They can't find her next of kin, which is her son who's addicted to heroin and losing his arm. Yikes. So they can't find her next of kin. She's basically in this psych ward and this medical resident who seems very dispassionate and is saying, you know, nothing else has worked. We think this might have a chance. So let's try this. And has her like sign this waiver. And you're, I'm just like thinking that looks like the worst informed consent ever. This is cool, fine. You all right? Um, so, Mrs. Goldfarb, we've tried uh, several medications and you don't seem to be responding. I believe we might be at a point where we might want to try some alternative methods. Uh, we've had excellent results with ECT in the past. Um, so if I can just uh, get your John Hancock, we'll get underway. Because <laughs> she's just kind of like, uh, and it's like, and we'll talk about some of that with ECT and, and why it's got yeah. a bad rap. And then they show her get ECT and it's, it's very theatrical. Like you can see the electricity like going to her brain. She's just got a bite plate. She looks kind of awake. Her hair is all standing on end. She's already looking disheveled and it just looks really violent. It looks terrible. You're like, why would anyone ever do this? Yeah. So that's Requiem for a Dream. A good movie worth watching once maybe if you want to scare your kids straight off drugs or something or you want to see some pretty good performances and well done well edited movie but really rough movie to watch and then the second movie is a beautiful mind which a lot of people have seen one best picture jennifer Connelly, one best supporting actress uh, i directed it <laughs> nice yeah I'm just kidding little known fact nick you always tell me that i look like ron howard yeah Oh, yeah. Ron Howard did Beautiful Mind? I didn't realize that. Yeah. I obviously didn't get to that far in my research. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Crowe was nominated for Best Actor. So a widely watched movie. And in this movie, our main character is a brilliant economist and he has schizophrenia. And you start realizing that some of the main characters in the movie are actually delusions or hallucinations he's having. And schizophrenia is another mental disorder that sometimes shock therapy or seizure-inducing therapy is used for. 
And so in this case, and this throws back to our type 1 diabetes conversation, they do insulin-induced seizures. And we talked about that with Nikki, that mm-hmm. she was like, uh, diabetics don't have seizures. And no, they do. <laughs> so they just give you a large <laughs> dose of insulin and they induce a seizure. And again, it looks terrible. You know, he's awake. They put in these two little tongue depressors on cotton swabs as his bite plate. And I'm like, really? That's the best we had? Anyways, they gave him a shot of insulin and they're all standing around. They've got them all strapped down. And then he has a seizure, which Russell Crowe makes a seizure look pretty convincing. Good actor. And on my shift, just barely, I had a patient who had woken up after having a diabetic seizure and he had broken and dislocated his arm. And so just to give you an idea, seizures can be pretty violent. I think that's why maybe this topic freaked me out so much is because in the movie clips, at least that I saw from Justin that you sent me, like I've seen two people have a seizure in my life and it's super scary. Like it's, it's really scary. You don't know what to do. It happened to me at work one time and he hit his head really hard on the desk. And like, I was the only one that somewhat knew what to do. So I was down there helping him on the floor. And it just, the think that medicine would do that to someone on purpose to help them with their symptoms or whatever just feels very scary to me. You know what I mean? But like, I guess in a controlled environment where professionals are there, it's probably something you don't need to be afraid of. I mean, that's, I think the moral to my side of this story is it is portrayed incorrectly in, in, in the movies. Well, let me tell you my scary seizure story first. So my scary seizure story was driving from Utah to Wyoming in this Mazda B2000, which is those short bed, small trucks. You know, my dad's here. I'm riding in the middle with the stick shift, and then my uncle's over on this side of me. And we're driving through a tunnel in Evanston, Wyoming. My mom and sister are up in front, kind of caravaning. And we're going through this tunnel. My dad and my uncle are having this conversation. And then all of a sudden, my uncle's head pops back, and he starts shaking. And I didn't know he had a history of epilepsy. Thankfully, my dad did. Mm -hmm. But my dad's basically like, hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. And just like holding him and trying to like pull over to the side. And I'm just like, Oh, what's going on? Cause yeah. I'm like eight years old. Mm-hmm. And my dad's just trying to like saying like, don't swallow your tongue. Don't swallow. I mean, all this yeah. kind of like stuff that we all know about seizures. I just freaked me out. Like I jumped out of the car and was just like standing there and, and you know, we didn't have cell phones. So my mom was just driving on ahead. She had no idea what was going on. And my dad's just trying to like, stabilize him so we can keep driving we didn't go to like the hospital or anything he like came out of it and i don't really recall much like i have like anterograde amnesia for like the rest of that trip which is another two and a half hour drive like i don't remember what happened like did he lay down in the back i don't know what happened after that but that was my freak out experience my first experience with seizure so that's the scary part of seizures they're definitely frightening i totally get what you're saying nick especially if you have no medical knowledge and stuff even when you do have medical knowledge seizures can be a bit a bit scary Mm -hmm. but Here's my boring part of this story. So as a medical student or a resident, oftentimes you will go follow the psychiatrist and stuff. And when I was in the inpatient psychiatric portion of the hospital, I went with a patient who was getting ECT. And it is, I mean, if you consider someone being put to sleep for getting their wisdom teeth out being exciting, then that's as exciting as it gets. Because we give people muscle paralysis and sedation. And so they're basically passed out like you would be passed out for a surgery. And then they do the electroconvulsive therapy and you basically see the brainwaves, like the seizure activity on the brainwaves, but that's it. And then they wake them up and they're a little out of it and they can have retrograde amnesia, which means forgetting the stuff that preceded the seizure and anterograde amnesia, which is forgetting the stuff after you had the seizure. 
And anterograde amnesia is very common, usually for the first uh, hours to maybe day or two. And retrograde amnesia is less common and often comes back, even if there is some retrograde amnesia. But if they did that in movies, <laughs> it would look boring. Like if they did that with, in, in One Fluke Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it wouldn't feel as outrageous and stuff. It might still, you could still definitely make it look like he's against his will and stuff like that. And maybe do that gunshot or the needle to the neck that they love to do in <laughs> movies so much. But it's a surprisingly sedate procedure. And it can be very, very helpful. So one of my favorite comedians, Gary Goldman, I encourage people Gary to Gary up his... Gary Goldman. <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> no, not Gary Goldman. I'm talking about Gary Goldman with a G-U-L. I highly recommend his stuff on Spotify and stuff. I think you guys would love it. He tends to be a, a cleaner of the comedians out there. So my family loves him. And Nikki and I went and saw him in Seattle, and he was doing his tour called The Great Depression. <laughs> which was basically his comeback tour after being off of stand-up comedy for I think a year, a year and a half because his depression had gotten so bad that he ended up checked into a psychiatric inpatient ward. And he tells as part of his joke that he always hears all these celebrities who check into those inpatient wards. And after a day or two, they come out and they're like, huh, after going in there, I realized that I actually have it pretty good. I, I didn't belong in there. Those people really need help. And and he's like, that's not how I felt at all. I was like, this is exactly where I belong. <laughs> because he was just so depressed. And in his act, he proceeds to, to name off like all of the medications that he was on. And I'm just listening to them. And I'm like, yes, those are all legitimate medications. And he says something like, I was on Zyprexa, Effexa, and his name's one other thing. So he's like, at some point, my doctor was just trying rhyming medications. <laughs> and he just relates this whole story in a very funny way, but like a very heart-wrenching way, especially with Nikki and I, Nikki being a psychologist and me a doctor. And just knowing how real all the stuff he's been saying is. And ultimately, electroconvulsive therapy is what they turned to and actually helped him kind of start lifting out of his anxiety and depression. And electroconvulsive therapy is done not just once. It's usually or two or three times a week for usually about an eight to 12 week period of time. And then in the TV show Homeland that Nick's an expert on, yep. they actually use ECT to kind of keep her at maintenance. Like every once in a while, she'd go in for ECT treatments. And one of the reasons ECT might work is because it releases a lot of the same hormones that were released by some of our earliest antidepressants, like dopamine and norepinephrine and things like that. But as sometimes is discouraging with all medicine, we, some, we sometimes don't totally know why something works either. We just know it works. And so... I think one of the things that I'd like people to know about ECT is it can be a very beneficial thing in people who have kind of reached a point where they don't have any other choices or they're very resistant to medication, whether that's they're resistant because they take it and it doesn't seem to make them help them respond or they're just resistant to taking medications. In these severe depressions and catatonic states, it can be a very helpful thing. There is a new type of treatment called transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is kind Whoa. of like a baby version of ECT that you can do in outpatient stuff. It's one of these things that we're still not sure about the science behind it and stuff. It feels a little boutique, like doing almost Botox for your face and stuff like that. It's it's on this kind of end of medicine, but it incorporates a lot of the same ideas behind ECT. There's a, a therapy that's used for a lot of athletes if you pay attention to basketball and stuff like that, a prolotherapy or plasma cell inject what am i mm -hmm. trying to say prp what's a prp mm -hmm. stand for platelet platelet rich plasma protective therapy. regenerative uh therapy platelet rich plasma therapy and like mm -hmm. kobe had it done to his knees or various athletes i think tiger woods has had it done to his back and stuff and it's this stuff that's 
if everything else fails, you do this, but it's super expensive. Insurance doesn't pay for it because there's not a lot of great evidence out there for what it works well for and what it doesn't work well for yet. I mean, that's kind of where TMS is, is like, there's just, we don't know what it works well for and what it doesn't work well for yet. Adam, do you know much about transcranial direct current stimulation? So it's oh, kind yeah. of a similar idea. I know <laughs> but, about that. You can, <laughs> you, you could get this headband off Amazon that, yeah. that provides that treatment for you. Yeah. If, so I have one. I got it cheap off of eBay. You can just. I was lying. <laughs> that oh, was a I, joke. Right. So you're pretty close. It's like you put some leads on your head. That's pretty good, Nick. That was a pretty good guess. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> it depends on, uh, you know, what you're trying to achieve, where you put the leads on. They have like a lead map and everything. It's kind of out there therapy, but there's evidence for treatment for depression for it. And you just wear it for 20 minutes at a time and you put two volts through your brain at a certain position. Adam's face. Adam's face. <laughs> for 20 minutes every night and it's just this little box that shoots little bolts through your head and it's been shown to to do uh, some magic and the reason i got this is because you know i have this really strange work schedule and was having trouble going to sleep and it's supposed to help with falling asleep if you put in a certain place or, or feeling like you're well rested did it do you think and I felt like it did, but then I got too lazy to do it every night. I struggle with sleeping so bad, Justin. Like, I think I would throw electrical shocks in my body just to make me go to sleep. It totally could have been placebo. And it's kind of irritating. You put it on your head and it's like this little zappy zap for a little while, you know. And then, <laughs> zappy zap? Is that the scientific kind of, version? You have to dip the sponges in salt water and then it's oh, like, no, no, weird no, no, at first. Nope, nope, nope. Not doing it. <laughs> But it's like your own mini ECT that you do. I don't think you should be sharing this story, Justin. Anyone that listens to this and then goes in to see you as a doctor. I, I, a little frou-frou. You may be out of the top 100 now of GQ Magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lost my sponsorship. Yeah. So it has been shown to decrease depression over placebo with certain placements. Placebo is like 19%. The transcranial direct therapy was like 30%. So it helped a little bit. But ECT, to Adam's point, is... It's been shown to be like 50 something percent successful at treating medication resistant depression, which is really impressive. I mean, there's and head to head with medication or placebo, it's superior in virtually every study. So there's definite use for it. And I can't go and get an ECT headband from Amazon. I'm going to look it up right now. As you can get a transcranial direct stimulation headband. Yeah. I certainly hope you can't get something that like verifiably gives you seizures at home. ECT 3000. Yeah. <laughs> ECT 3000. That one sounds reliable. So let's move on into Justin's topic. Well, hold on. Before we do, a shout out to Jeff Goldblum. I didn't know he was a comedian, so I'm super excited to hear about that. I'm going to reach out to him. See on Jeff Spotify. Gold Bloom, what are you talking about? Isn't that the guy you were talking <laughs> Gary about? Gary Goldman. Oh, my Gary goodness. Goldman. My bad. Stop and then, insulting the man. <laughs> and then I, I realized that Jennifer Conley seems like she's in a lot of movies. So she's, she's in, in a lot of movies. She's in the new Top Gun movie. So that's why she's yeah. linked to Tom Cruise right now, yes. which I'm excited about. Yeah. But I've realized that I have seen zero movies she's been in except for a movie called Higher Learning, which I bet you boys have never seen. No, I've seen Higher Learning. You've seen Higher Learning? Okay. Yeah, so that's the only one I've, I've seen her. She's also in the TV series Snowpiercer based on oh, yeah, uh, Snowpiercer. the Snowpiercer movie. Forgot yeah. about that one. Yep, never Brand seen new. it. Brand new. Anyway, Adam, how do you rate these movies? Um, Is Patrick Swayze in either one of them? No. Okay. Uh, 2.3 for me. Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I love how you rate things you've never seen. <laughs> I mean, Requiem for a Dream on kind of the... I mean, if you were... 
maybe if you're like an aspiring filmmaker and you want to like really like study the art, but I would say, you know, like seven out of 10, very well done and stuff, but just rough to, to get through. And then Beautiful Mind, probably eight out of 10. I mean, that was a pretty entertaining movie. Did you see Beautiful Mind? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. No. Oh, you've never seen A Beautiful Mind? No. Only only when I close my eyes at night, I see A Beautiful Mind, but I've never seen the movie, no. <laughs> what? It's a good movie. <laughs> Adam's stressed out and rubbing his eyes when I say I've never seen the movie. John Nash, the guy from that movie, wasn't he early 1900s? Um, let me look him up. I'll look him up. You guys can keep talking. 1930s or something. So early ECT days, I feel like, when they're still kind of becoming... Well, I mean, they were doing insulin, so which was hard, far harder to control. Without electricity. Yeah, they just did it with insulin. Adam, I don't know why you're so surprised I've never seen the movie. My favorite Russell Crowe movie is Gladiator, probably, which is... Sure. Second one is Cinderella Man. So, I mean, like, that, sure. that's where I go with Russell Crowe. I don't go yeah. into these weird... It was good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, 1950s. Oh, so it was later than I thought. So I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't. Sounds like the rating should go down a little bit. Maybe it was one of these things where like, he didn't want to lose his... In fact, he, one of the most famous electroconvulsive therapy stories is Ernest Hemingway because they were treating his depression and stuff. And he said something to the effect of it was kind of messing with his writing and his creative style. And he was like, the treatment was brilliant, but they lost the patient. Aww. And he yeah. shortly commit, he committed suicide shortly after that. That's sad. And that's one of the hard areas with this is like, if I start you on Prozac and it doesn't work, for the most part, you stop it and you're kind of back to where you were without the side effects. But with electroconvulsive therapy, one of the things that can be a, a permanent side effect is like the memory loss issues. And that can be really discouraging to patients. Now, again, like I said, a lot of those retrograde amnesias start recovering as time goes on, uh, but it can feel devastating. And then the other part is the informed consent, because I did hear a woman talking about it who just felt like she'd gotten taken advantage of is the wrong word, but she was like, at my lowest moment, I got coerced into doing this thing and it cost me my career. Oh, yikes. And mm. one of the hard parts for me for that is, and I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear other people talk about her life, but if you're that depressed, I don't know how much of a career you have in the first place. I don't know. I don't know. Depression is a weird thing, man. You could. Well, but what I'm saying is that depressed. Yeah, like, I guess. Like, I mean, I know what you're saying and I've experienced depression, but I have not experienced that depression where I don't get up in the morning or yeah. I just can't move or I don't get stuff done. I've experienced that sadness, that just feeling like life is kind of against me and stuff like that, but I'm not suffered that inability to just do things or anhedonia, lack of joy, all that type of stuff. So I would say at best, mine's been kind of a mild to moderate depression. These severe catatonic depressions, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, okay, you say that it took away your livelihood, but how much of a livelihood did you have to begin with? Maybe she really did. And maybe that's why it was frustrating for her that someone treated her this way. John Nash is known for the fact that he didn't want to do the seizure therapy anymore because he felt like it was taking away his creativity and he wanted to reason through his, you know, mental illness, which is why later in the film, like you see him like asking people who seem a little too good to be true. Professor Nash, can you see him? Yeah. Sure. Professor, is there any others? Good. Forgive me, I'm just always suspicious of new people. See you next week. See you next week. So now that I know that you're real, who are you and what can I do for you? Professor, my name is Thomas King. Thomas King. And I'm here to tell you that you're being considered for the Nobel Prize. Like he'll ask like a student, be like, do you see this person? 
like when he gets the Nobel Prize offered to him and the person comes up and is like, we'd like to offer you the Nobel Prize and stops like a patient, uh, student coming out of his class. And he's like, is this person real? <laughs> like, cause he's like, that's yeah. too good to be true. Although I think that's artistic I'm sure know, creativity. Is. Like, I don't think that he had visual hallucinations. I think they were auditory. I mean, he was a schizophrenic and most schizophrenics just have auditory hallucinations. So should we go into mine? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Nixon Brown. <laughs> so One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This is a pretty good movie, actually. I've never seen it before. It's 1975. It's got Jack Nicholson in it. And, and you said it. Louise uh, Fletcher. Is that her name? Nurse Ratchet. I think it's Lois. Louise Fletcher. Oh, Lowy. She goes by Lowy. Lowy Fletchy. <laughs> Lowy Fletchy is what she, we're known on the streets. That's what she's known yeah. in Philly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Lowy. <laughs> That's what Mara calls her. Yeah. <laughs> So this movie won the big five. It's one of only three movies that won Best Director and Picture and two Best Actors and Screenplay. What's the other two? Silence of the Lambs and... Oh. Ghost? The really early one. It happened Ghost. one night from a long time Dirty ago. Dancing? Ghost. <laughs> so Jack Nicholson is in prison for statutory rape. He wants to get out, so he pretends like he's crazy to avoid his you know work prison and they sent him to the Mental Institute in Oregon. It's based Whoa. on a book that was written about that mental institute, and they actually filmed it at the mental institute that it was written about. Where in Oregon? Salem, I believe. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I, think, I think they've refurbished that hospital. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the actors actually went there and observed the patients there and took on their actions. In the 70s? Really involved. Like they did this? In the 70s, yes. Ugh. In the middle of the movie, Jack Nicholson, basically, it's sort of a battle of wills between he and the main nurse, Nurse Louis. Ratchet, and she inflicts some psychological trauma on her patients by dealing them guilt and threatening them with ECT and things like this. But Jack Nicholson's character wins over the loyalty of the other patients in the hospital by doing fun things and getting them to trying to get him to play the baseball game on the TV. And when he doesn't, he just acts out the baseball <laughs> game and he, he sneaks all of them out of the hospital and they go for a fishing trip, you know, and uh, all this stuff. And so everybody just really likes him, even though he's out of line a lot of times, according to nurse ratchet. So she ends up at one point when his antics cause a little fire and there's some people getting into fights with the orderlies. She decides to take him to the shock room where she administers ECT to him to reset his brain and get him in line. Mr. McMurphy? Huh? Please follow me. Take a cigarette break, boy. It's easy. I'll be fine. Could you set up, please? Sure. Love to. No, boy. There, uh... Might be a little fluid in them boots, you know what I mean, boys? Just a little leak. Light shine, boys, and send the specimen to Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> All right, out with your gum. Huh? Out with your gum. Uh, this won't hurt. It'll be over in just a moment. Uh-huh. What's that? Conductant. Little dabble, do you? Right, Mr. Jackson. Open your mouth. That. So keep you from biting your tongue. Well, now just bite down on it. That's right. Just bite down. Huh? Now bite down okay. on it. Are you ready? Ready. 
So they use it as a punishment. Yeah, although, you know, she would say, Nurse yeah. Ratchet would say, it's used because he is too crazy and he needs the ECT. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a way to keep him in line. I mean, she does it without consent. And this is kind of an interesting topic, I think, that Adam brought up a little bit. You saw the video. It's pretty violent. It shows the actual seizure. And they did do that some early on in ECT. They didn't do the sedation and the paralyzing, but now they do. But the key is they just force it on these patients thinking, well, it's for their own good. And yikes! in the U.S., it's a consent-only procedure, except in cases of severe necessity is kind of how they phrase it. So really, mostly that just means if someone is so depressed that they aren't eating anymore and they're wasting away and the psychiatrist is worried that they're going to die because of it, that's a reason that they could do it without consent. Really? But for the most part, it's consent-only procedure. But when I was in medical school there in Milwaukee, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was assigned my psychiatry rotation at a hospital that did ECT. Not everybody was. And the doctor there was not well-liked in (laughs) the floor. And I remember like watching people who had had ECT walking the halls, kind of like they were sort of in a trance a little bit. And that reminded me of what happens in this movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right after he gets ECT, Jack Nicholson's character like walks out and he's acting like he's a zombie. And everyone, you know, all of his friends there are looking at him like, oh no, they killed his personality and then he's like oh gotcha and he like you know he's his normal self and it's like oh but i remember seeing some people who were pretty depressed who had that little amnesia and just you know right after the ect weren't really acting themselves but i also remember going in one morning the psychiatrist told me as a medical student he's like get this patient's consent to do ect Mm So I go in there and I talk to her about it and I have to try to have her sign it. And she's like, I'm never signing that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Oh, okay. So she's an older lady. She's 70s. You know, I go out and tell the psychiatrist and he was kind of frustrated at me because I didn't get consent. And I'm like, well, she didn't give consent. So you can't do it is what I'm thinking to myself. Well, he didn't take that as an answer. So he went into her room and he said, look, you need to sign this. And he was just really forceful about it and insistent about it. And this is what she did. She grabs the pen from him after he yells at her to sign the stupid form. She grabs a pen. She scrawls a line across the place where there's a signature. And she says, take that consent and shove it up your butt. (laughs) And he takes it back. And counts it. He says, that'll work. (gasps) What? Yeah, that honestly. Oh boy. You're gonna make Adam's blood boil here from this story. Oh, no, I can see I can see yeah. Adam getting enraged in his tank right now. His muscles are popping out. Yeah, for sure. Well that may just be normal. He's got he's got that pump from working out, you know? It was pretty bad, but I mean that's the problem is there's bad versions of everything out there and that's super sucky and that guy should have been reported and I hope he did. Yeah. Well I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He was in a position of power and he gave me my grade and those, you know, so. I love Adam. Yeah, he should be reported. Well, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. Uh, sucks. I mean, that happens everywhere. You've seen bad ER docs. I've seen bad family medicine docs. I think the only responsible thing to do right now is to dox him. Justin, tell us everything about this guy. (laughs) Name, phone number, address, everything. Let's go. Do it. I mean, this was a long time ago, so I don't oh, of course. Even remember his oh, name. Okay. Well, that long ago. We haven't been doctors that long. <laughs> it, was. it was. 
What no, don't say it. Someone may actually find out. <laughs> someone may say something. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so get back to so, it. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's it. The movie is great. If anybody who hasn't seen it should see it because it was a classic and other characters get ECT near the end. You think, oh, they did ECT again because he comes back to his bed and he's like totally out of it, but he's really out of it this time. And one of the other characters that's really befriended him and they were going to escape together looks at him and notices he had a lobotomy is what they imply. So a lobotomy is when they cut the connection of the prefrontal cortex through the spot in the brain. It's like a neurosurgery that takes out certain parts of your prefrontal cortex. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks, Justin. It makes you catatonic. Yeah, they basically scoop out the brain. <laughs> oh, and they used to do it there you go. through the back of the eye bone. Yikes. In fact, it's not done anymore. It was basically abandoned in the late 50s and started in the 1935 or something. So it wasn't Did done this guy, much. Milwaukee, do that too with consent? Or was that... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. You know, It's pretty crazy stuff. Yikes. And so then that guy suffocates him. <laughs> well, I didn't want to give away the... The ending from the on, 1975 dude. movie. <laughs> Justin never wants to give spoilers to any movie. It's like, dude, this movie's been around a <laughs> hundred years. Yeah, he releases him by suffocating him, and then he, he uh, escapes himself. And but I mean, in a way, it's a release. I mean, those people who had those lobotomies didn't didn't often no, not much well. of a quality of life. Yeah, wasn't one of the Kennedys lobotomized? Like one of the girls? I mean, there's been forty thousand Kennedys. Like who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of them did. I think it's interesting that basically what we've learned is if you want to get an Oscar for your movie, you portray seizures somewhere in it. Yeah. Yeah. We did two Academy Award winning movies today. We also learned Jeff yeah. Goldblum is a stand up comedian. And Gary Goldman. You know, it's not that small amount of electricity, right? It's like a 70 to 140 volts. It's inducing a seizure. Yeah. I mean, it's more often in one side of the brain than two. The reference that I have to 70 volts is when I was in residency, one of our professors, like we were just doing like a mock code and he was holding onto the pads and he's like, you know, show me what you do, Justin. And I start turning up the electricity (laughs) (laughs) and we were doing like transcutaneous pacing where you basically delivering each heartbeat electrically through the outside of the chest, but he's holding onto them and he's like, okay, show me what you would do. And we thought it was like, off yeah and it was not <gasps> off and i'm just turning up the electricity this is how i remember that i got to 70 volts and he's like oh and he throws them what he like throws the pads and i'm like oh i'm so sorry so you won't report the unethical psychiatrist but you'll electrocute the guy who you're friends with wow yeah, i, I let you know he i mean he was my professor say what grade did he give you uh, i mean he did it wasn't really great he should he fail was- himself for not turning off the machine beforehand what a dummy well i probably turned it on we thought it was like a <laughs> just a practice yeah. one but yeah it, it was definitely on it was kind of funny you mentioned volts, and I'm familiar with joules. Are those same term, just different? Yeah, you're right. It's joules. It's, it was 70 joules. Well, I don't even oh, know the here we go. joules and volts. <laughs> it's like knots and miles per hour. You guys are confusing me now. It's leagues <laughs> under the sea. Unbelievable. I don't know. So, yeah, it's probably no comparison. <laughs> so, one floor of the cuckoo's nest. What's your rate at, big guy? Patrick in it? No. I gave it a 3.2. Patrick's godfather, Jack Nicholson, was in it. So Yeah, the movie was it was a nine. Whoa. I mean, it's considered one of the greatest movies 
in cinematic history. Yeah, but just I don't care what it's considered. What do you consider? I liked it. I really did. I thought it was really good. I could have predicted I'd, I'd that 8. reaction. 5. I about said that exactly. Is that Nick's going to say? I don't care what everyone yeah, else I don't says. care. What do you yeah. think? All right, volts versus joules can be simplified by remembering that joules are the energy used to create voltage. Oh, yeah, that makes it so simple for me. Voltage <laughs> is the speed at which the current is moving. Yeah, thanks for that. Was it, is that Wikipedia again? I don't know. It's Google. So <laughs> as far as the medicine is concerned, I mean, there's some problems with it that we kind of already went through. So I'd say maybe a six out of 10. But it, I mean, that could have been how they did back then ECT at that time. Yeah. I mean, honestly, oh, I didn't do that with mine. Sorry. Go ahead. I, honestly, the way that you've <laughs> talked about that doctor that you dealt with in Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem that far off. If they were doing that right. back in like the early 2000s. Now consent. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. Mm. Okay. Real quick, before we go into pop culture, what's your favorite slash best Jack Nicholson movie? I think it's this one. Really? It That's recency yeah. bias. Okay. Tell me some others. Let me throw a couple out there. And this is just the top of my head. The Departed. Man. No, I, I think one. Flew okay. okay. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So, okay. First Batman. No, no, come on. Okay, as good as it gets. That one you're no. getting closer for me. Okay, here's mine. You ready? Yeah. I don't even want to hear it. A few good men. Oh, okay. Based in too little of it, and he's really overselling it. That's why I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest wins, is because I mean it's it's like his play. The Shining. I never saw The Shining. The Shining, he's good in, but I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is. What are you looking at? The movie I like watching the most that has Jack yeah. Nicholson in it. Well, that's what I care about. Yeah. Or the movie that I think Jack Nicholson did the best job as an actor in? No. The movie that you would watch over and over again, the most entertaining. I don't care. I think we've we've made this clear. I don't care about the artistic side of movie making. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. Like, I want to know. Just clarifying. Jeez. <laughs> uh, then mine would probably be between A Few Good Men and As Good As It Gets. I like rewatching those movies. Mm-hmm. The Departed's good, but it's just, it's rough. I love The Departed. Yeah, you yeah. like gangster movies. We're going to have to delve into it. We'll have to do a gangster yeah. movie one because you'll just have to explain to me the obsession with gangster movies. <laughs> I think gangster movies, I'm not going to go to, but like when you grow up with nothing in poverty, you idolize people from the streets. Terrible people? Yeah, because, well, because, I mean, listen, they, they were terrible. The ability to make a lot, no matter Yeah, yeah, they definitely were terrible people. Listen, don't get me wrong. But they did protect their own. You know what I mean? Like, there's some, I think so. Goodfellas did not protect their own. They killed their own. That's why they get killed. No, but you kill rival family more than you kill your own. <laughs> So I don't know. There is yeah, a sense of there this. is a sense of loyalty to it, and especially I guess maybe someone that has abandonment issues for men. Like you look up to guys that are like, you know, where you can feel a part of the family. You know what I mean? Like I, so, yeah. That's I, it's of, it's one of those until you go fishing with them until yeah, you get fitted for cement shoes. Yeah, just yeah. like in mirror. Anyways, so okay. Should, let's get into the pop culture. That's ECT. Yeah, let's get into the pop culture. This has been. Go get yourself some ECT. <laughs> Yikes. Have some bolts or jewels or whatever. Something Can we get sponsored, or at least this episode sponsored by your electric headband that you bought on Amazon? Like, <laughs> I want to know more about it. I, I need to sleep better in my life. So, like, yeah. The first time I used it, I woke up and I was like, whoa, I feel so good. I feel so slept. This is awesome. Then the next couple, it was just like, eh. So, so and you're supposed to use it like every night for a couple of weeks before it really starts to do real good. Okay. I never made uh, it. Doctors, the worst patients. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So a couple things before we get into this, 
And I don't know if we actually want to talk about this. We never talked about this. The reason why Justin watched Mayor of Easttown is because oh. I watched Warrior. Oh. So do we want yeah. to talk about my review of Warrior? Or I'm a little scared. Do we want to this might wait? be the end of the podcast. I think we should. I think we should. Do. If, you, if you rip on Warrior, it might be the end of your relationship. <laughs> It'll be harder to recover from than Isaiah Thomas and John Stockton. Oh, so. I've won that. I think I've won that battle. Like, I think <laughs> Justin's admitted it. I have text message proof that he said that Isaiah is better than Stockton. He won't ever admit that, but like, I have the text message. I kept the receipts. So, what do you think of Warrior? Let's hear it. So, here's my thing. No, number one, I'm still confused by some of this. Right, one brother is living in Philly, right? Like he lives in Philadelphia. Yeah. The other one and the dad is in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. So. They make it seem like number one, I get Nick Nolte and Gary Busey confused right. quite a bit. So let me just start that. Nick Nolte yeah. just shows up at his son's house. Like it's like a 30 minute Sunday drive to go take a look at his son. Pittsburgh and Philly are like six and like eight hours away. Like, so that piece of it, that was originally right away. I'm like, Okay, this is fake. Like this, this is what. But they don't say that it's the same day. He he made it seem they like he drove there and he scenes. was he was just turning around to go right back to Pittsburgh. Like you don't you don't. Nah, they're different nah, scenes. Like they don't. Nick. Listen. No, I agree goes, with Nick. He, I remember feeling this somewhat the same way. But maybe he, he goes on a trip to visit his. Son. He did not say trip, dude. He made it seem like I haven't seen my son in didn't forever. Need to say trip It's just a different scene. No, and he, no you're stretching. You're stretching it out there. <laughs> So I, I think th- seems really nitpicky. This is the thing you're going to roast it so, on. No, 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 no that's, a, a that's a real nitpick. No, no, no. Let's nitpick the heck out of your So here's, here's a couple things. A couple <laughs> things for me. Okay. Number one, the scene with Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte or Gary Busey. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With Nick, yeah. Nolte, <laughs> Nick Nolte, with Ed Hardy. Is it Ed Hardy? No, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. My Tom goodness. Hardy. And then Jeff Goldblum comes you're in with stand-up. losing your authority on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte in that hotel room when Nick Nolte kind of breaks yeah. down yes. is yeah. a highly emotional, very well acted scene. I have to say like yeah. that, that was yeah. very, very powerful. That's why Nolte got, that's his, that's his Oscar. I, I kind of crapped yeah. on like him being nominated for an Oscar from this movie. Like, I think that scene was very well. I don't know who he was up against for the Oscar, but that he did, he did well in that movie. I absolutely 100% as a guy who's watched MMA from like UFC one, I would consider myself a pretty big fan of mixed martial arts. The mixed martial arts I struggled with in this movie. Mm. Number one, Kurt Angle. I can't get over Kurt Angle being like the Russian Rocky four guy, right? Like, come on. Like number one, he's just, he's just not that guy. He wasn't even a striker. Yeah. So a hundred percent. And I couldn't get over that. So I couldn't get over that. Wait, what? Say that again. The fact that he was like this unbeatable Russian striker. Yeah. Dude's an all American gold medal wrestler. Like he does. He's not even a striker. Like, so I I, I couldn't get over that piece of it. The end, the, I'm going to give away the, wait, he was just, he was just acting. He was just, but it's just character. It's not, it's not, I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I I can't get past that. (laughs) These criticisms are, I can't get past that. So now hold on real quick. quick. Can you watch any movie with the rock where he's not a wrestler? I don't, I'm not a big rock guy other than Moana. I probably don't like any (laughs) rock movies. I can't think of a movie that I like. Speaking of that, no, no. 
Real quick, Fast and the Furious has gone down. How the hell are they still making movies? And now they're going to try to sell me that Vin Diesel and John Cena are brothers? Like, give me a break. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Speaking of brothers that are Yeah, fighting. so speaking of brothers, the, the whole scheme of, was it, $5 million purse for yeah. a tournament, and then they have these two like no name fighters that make the tournament is complete crap. Yeah. It's complete crap. Yeah. That would never happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but, that, that's, I mean, yeah, it it's is a, it's completely, there's nothing to re- real about correct. it. So that got me. And then when he, but, when he put him in that shoulder lock and broke his arm, there's no way that fight would have continued. There's just no way that fight would continue. There's no athletic commission that would have let that fight continue the way that it did with that shoulder injury. So I can't, I can't yeah. get through that either. I just can't. So it's it's like but wait, it's, but it's Nick, like none it, of that is actually what the heart of the movie was. It's so tell me about like the movie. But this is why he can't watch any Marvel. Yeah, like a Marvel movie can be brilliant, but as soon as like what it's got a fantasy <laughs> element that was fantasy Listen, for him. As soon as you lose <laughs> the realism of the movie, when you try to make it a fight MMA movie, as soon as you lose yeah. the realism for me, I'm done. I can't I, like it loses credibility for me. So now it becomes now it becomes hokey to but, me, and I just. But when a ghost inhabits Whoopi Goldberg's body, totally realistic. I'm fully <laughs> kind in. of is. Or when Patrick Swayze rips the throat out of that dude on the beach, totally realistic. That seems real. Totally that, realistic. That does again, but, Justin. Listen to me. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. So like that does seem realistic to me. Like that could happen. But you know, in so in this in the movie when he pops out his shoulder, he doesn't. He tries to hide the fact. You're that not he's hiding got, it though. You know, a fractured. You're not. You're shoulder. not hiding it. You're not hiding. And it. And also, the tournament was independently like set up, so it wasn't. You know, and it was a worldwide tournament. What do you so mean? It wasn't like under the guise of structural belt. That's not true. There was a state commission there in Atlantic City that oversaw. There was judges and there was referees, dude. It wasn't like bare knuckle backyard brawl for five million dollars oh, okay. okay the movie's well, all made up on I just, justin i just feel i feel sad that you i guess missed out on the emotion of this movie because of a weird technicality <laughs> yeah I, I i also yeah i don't it was more than technicality for me i don't mm, the the whole premise of like the what happened to him as a soldier to the way that he I don't I don't know enough about the military to think that someone could do something like that. Like didn't he supposedly like lift a tank off of people like with his own bare hands? Well, no, he opened the tank okay. door okay. when it was sinking. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It was a little too far fetched for me. Again, though, Adam is a hundred percent right in the sense that once you go down something that's un- like that, you're trying to pretend like you know the movie's warrior. It's about MMA, and the MMA is fake. I can I lose it then. So. I did lose lose it after that. I I wasn't uber impressed by Ed Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, Ed Hardy. I wasn't either. I, I always felt like the other actors in that show are 100%. The, like the, I always thought he's the worst. The brother the from Philly is is way more believable. Yeah, as an, I agree. And, and the, the, the whole notion of him like leaving the ring, no music, like the second he wins, he just barricades through and doesn't talk. Like it, it just, that, that would ne- never happen. So. Yeah. So for me, again, well, Swayze's why, why not? Swayze's not in it. Yeah. Why wouldn't that part? Happen? It just wouldn't. Like, <laughs> like it just wouldn't. with a guy that just doesn't want to follow the rules. I mean, why not? Why Even wouldn't? the bad boys of MMA would not do that. It just. 
But he's not promoting himself. He just wants the five million dollars to prove he's the best, and he's out. He's he's not like the MMA guy. That's the thing. Jeez, Nick, I want a top ten movies from you at some point. Because I just <laughs> well, the see other thing too, and let me 10. let me tell you this. Another thing is, so he goes to the gym. He beats the crap out of this guy that's supposed to be like the number one ranked welterweight in the world, and then. It goes viral, which gets him to the tournament. And then that guy is also still in the tournament is also complete crap. If you get beat up by some dude off the streets. No, if you get beat up by some dude off the streets. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me give you a perfect example. Let me give you a perfect example. Jake Paul just fought Ben Askren in a boxing match. Ben Askren was a world-renowned wrestler, a, a MMA world champion in his past, and got his bell rung by Jake Paul, You'll, sure. you will never see Ben Askren again. You can't. He's lost all credibility. He is as good and world champion as he was in his pedigree. It's toast for him. He's done now. That same yeah, thing but it wasn't happened. an official fight. It was a gym scrum. It, it's almost worse. Up, you know? It's so almost worse. People are like, oh... It, I mean, he's still a ranked fighter. He had never lost a fight, that guy. So, other than so it's like some dude off the streets who just comes in and beats right, him up. Like, right. come on. I'm just saying. I mean, all of these things are probably you know valid criticisms of this movie. But, it, but well, we me, see things from like, different the lenses. Movie so, I mean, that's just the way it is. Is about these brothers' relationship and their father's relationship to the brothers, and yeah. Anyway, I, that's I couldn't why. look past it. So, what'd you rank it? So, listen for our new. <laughs> For our new audience members, the way I rate movies is first, I see if Patrick Swayze was in the movie. He was not in Warrior. And then my second boy toy is Bradley Cooper, and he was not in this one either. So it can't be more than a five. We all know that. Entertainment-wise, Gary Busey was really good in it. Nick Nolte Nolte was really good in it. I'll give it a 2.8. 2.8. Well, that's about what he gave Ralph Green for a dream. He's never was it the it, best so. movie in 2013? It wasn't the best movie in any year. I, I can say that, in my opinion. Wow. Well, we have zero time to talk about Mayor <laughs> of Easttown at this point. Jeez. Mayor solves the case. End of season. Done deal. It was a really well done Such show. a good show. Yeah, I'm so glad that we got to watch it. Almost as good as Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Way better than Warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Unreal. Mm-hmm. oh man it's hard to talk about it because we spent all of our yeah i think next <laughs> week we should go in depth and like at least give people a chance to see it. i mean it just the final episode just aired two days ago so well yeah but they're not going to hear this till next week well then that could that at least gives people two weeks to be able to watch it and then we can i say <laughs> next week we deep dive into it though because we haven't ever really talked about any of the details of the show and what we talk about like off recording we should talk about on recording on wax as they say next episode i also have another request because i honestly i'm still trying to figure it out i want your top 10 movies you want me to think like, like just top 10 movies okay, so yeah i could give you about it you don't want you don't want it off the top of my head you think you can do it off the top of your head i think i could do i'm giving it a chance to put your list together so that i don't just totally eviscerate it so when we say top 10 when i think of top 10 movies i think of movies that i could watch right now if it was on tv and I would watch it over and over again. I don't think of like the most artistic movies or like my like the Oscar winners or anything like that. I think of okay, okay, hold up, hold up. So, Mare of Easttown, you you agree that was like one of the best TV shows series that you've For seen sure. in a long time. One hundred percent. Is it as rewatchable as The Office? 
No. Okay, but it's very well written. It's yes. probably better written than The Office in the sense uh, of like, uh, in sense of drama and stuff, not in sense of maybe comedy or something like that. But it, this, it, putting it, together a large cohesive plot where people grow and stuff like it's that. It's really hard to rate. I used to think that House of Cards season one was the best season of Single a show season, that I've ever so, watched. Yeah. I think Mayor of Easttown is right there with that. Like I yeah, really okay. do. Like I think of it that. So high. would you put it in your like? It'd be rewatchable. Like you can watch all your reality shows in the office and stuff like that. No, I'd watch MTV The Challenge over Mayor of Easttown. Exactly. Yeah. But I wouldn't want you to tell me MTV The Challenge. I'd want you to tell me Mayor of Easttown because you're gonna recommend something to me, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, Mayor of Easttown's excellent. Yeah. So that's what I want. Your top ten movies that you'd recommend other people because you know that they'd love it too. Not just yeah, but I don't watch, watch movies for that reason. Like I, I don't know. Okay, I'll try to think that through. <laughs> <laughs> you can come up with both lists and see how different they are. That would be very interesting. My number one movie that I would like that anyone ever asked me what my favorite movie is is Warrior. Is the original Footloose movie with Kevin Bacon? I freaking love Footloose. That's, that's a fun movie, so, but it would not be in my top ten in a million years. Yeah, so it would be for me <laughs> if I was if I was on a stranded beach and I could only bring ten movies. Sure, that would absolutely be one okay. of the movies. So okay, I want you, I want two lists from you. I want okay. the top ten rewatchables no, and the re- top ten like you'd recommend people because I want to see how many times they cross over. No, the recommended ones probably would not cross over at all with the movies that I would bring to a beach. You don't think you'd ever recommend Footloose? No. Oh, okay. So this will be very interesting to me. I want to, I want to hear both. You want to hear a movie that, that I would recommend right now that I bet you guys haven't seen. But you would recommend it. Yes. You, you think Justin and I would like it. You think it was a movie we should see. Our lives are more complete if we've seen it. Yes. Okay. Okay, let's hear it. The Cure. Have you ever seen The Cure? There's a movie called The Cure? Yes. It's got the boy from Jurassic Park. You know what I'm talking about? Like the original Timmy. Jurassic Park? Yes. I go on the fence, Timmy Jeff. And it's got the kid from The Firm. Remember the movie The Firm? Yeah, I don't remember the kid. From Renfro, the I think his last name is. Oh, yeah, he yeah. died as a he. He's dead. He's younger. Yeah. A movie called The Cure. That would this be. Looks a, like I just looked it up. It looks like a My Girl type movie. It kind of is. Yeah. Okay. So that would be a movie I would recommend because, but I think the movies that I would recommend are like little known movies that you probably haven't seen. You know what I mean? That's like, fine. Yeah. That's so. fine. I just want to get a feel okay. for what your taste is. Because I know it's so different than mm-hmm. half of our listeners' taste. Like, I've had multiple <laughs> people be like, I love that Nick's on this thing. But why did you guys put Nick on this thing? Because <laughs> his pop culture knowledge is like zero zilch none if you don't count reality television. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> I, I, that's not true. But but I understand. I mean, we talked about this before we started this episode. My niche audience is way different than you two. But there's probably people that listen to this podcast for me, and there's probably listen people that listen to this podcast for oh, you no. two. So. I think plenty of people listen to this podcast for you, but then they also go like, what? How has he not seen that? <laughs> yeah, like I've never seen Star Wars. I've never seen. You've never seen a lot Wizard of, of Oz. I've never seen. But like that's <laughs> Wizard of Oz. How does that? that is... <laughs> I just what what I'm getting at is I think of here's the thing, and this is anyone that knows me knows this. As soon as it gets popular, if it's gotten so popular, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it just in spite. Okay, I think this is why Warrior had an uphill battle because I talked it up so much. I love it. Nick One. went in. Feeling like he shouldn't love it. A hundred percent. I get that with Star Wars or maybe Warrior or something like that. The Wizard of Oz. I just love the idea of you being like, nope, way too many people <laughs> think the Wizard of Oz is excellent. I'm never watching it. I'll give you another one. The Sound of Music. 
Never seen The Sound of Music. That's well, okay. I think a fair amount of people haven't seen that. It's a long movie. It's a classic movie, but... But it's long and it's a musical, and I think that can be niche. Anyways, more Mare and Nick's top tens, and I want to pick Nick's brain on, did you get Paramount? No. Oh, I want to talk about that next time. So those will be things we'll talk about next time. Mare, reality TV on Paramount, and Nick's top tens. <laughs> Two top tens. I know the audience is on the edge of their seat waiting for that episode. So, uh... Oh, people out there love the real world and road rules from their time. If they're our age, <laughs> they saw that stuff in college. Oh, yeah. No, it's good stuff. But anyway, well, boys, appreciate you. Thank you so much for Adam Frederick, Justin Pearson. I'm Nick Otis. We appreciate everyone's listening. Please subscribe and support us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you find us. We are we, we on iHeartRadio? We are. Oh, oh, and and we are Alexa approved. So if you're ever running around the house and you just say, play po- Alexa, play Potbed podcast, you will hear our wonderful voices. So. Also Google. Yep. So for all of us, we, we appreciate you and uh, have a wonderful week. See you guys.